everyone, it's another episode of Glitch Free Gaming. It's episode number 176. Hooray! Hooray! We're back. Well, I'm back. Yeah, me and Paul were never gone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We held the fort. You held the fort. Highest rated podcast that we've ever done because I rated it and no one else has ever rated a podcast <laughs> before. Uh, yeah, so I, we're back. We've got a full house this week. Um, I'm back. Uh, I'm Mike. I, Paul and Kieran are here as always. And uh, joining us from the website is the editor extraordinaire, Ben. How are you doing? I am good. Thank you. Good to be Excellent. on again. Yes. Yeah, we haven't uh, spoke to you in a while. Well, well on, you have on the podcast, on the, not on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I was being showmany like. No, we haven't spoken to you in a while. <laughs> and you are. I don't talk um... to people outside the podcast. This is my social interaction for the week. Yeah, 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 right. I, apart from when the guard gives you your meals once a day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got uh, quite a quite a few things to discuss um i've been quite busy uh, everyone's been quite busy actually so uh kieran why don't you start us off and tell us about some parappa the rapper remastered all right did you play parappa the rapper on the playstation one i several yes. several times okay well it's that but it looks pretty now it looks really nice, actually. The, the cutscenes and stuff like that are all the same as the PS1 ones. Like, I assume they didn't have the original files for them, so they're just, like, in a little window in the middle of the screen. All right, okay. But the actual gameplay is completely redone and just looks really nice, really crisp, really, like, pretty graphics. And they've kind of eased up a bit on the difficulty slightly because I don't know if you've played Parappa recently, but... That PlayStation 1 game is near impossible to play on modern TVs just because right. of like the input lag that is inherent with non-CRT oh, wow. really? TVs. A lot of rhythm games from PlayStation 1 are like that like just because they were made for CRTs where there's basically no input lag. And so they've kind of they've fixed that a bit with Parappa. So the PlayStation 4 version is a lot easier to play now. You can get through a lot of it. I mean, it's still difficult. It's still a hard goddamn game. I kind of breezed through the first three levels of it and reached the fourth level where you're in the the cookery show with the the chicken lady. Yes. And it's fucking impossibly hard. <laughs> I can't <laughs> do that one at all. The first three are great though. Like the driving the car. Driving the car is so good. Yeah, I I played it recently. I th did it come out? Did they bring out a classic version of it, and you could play it on the on the Vita? There was a PSP version that was playable on the Vita. That I think that was um, the one. That actually, I played. actually, you know what? They might have also brought out the PlayStation One Classic. Right. Um, I never played it on the I'm Vita. Pretty sure they did. Must that be alright? Yeah. Yeah, I I played it, and I remember it being extremely hard. I struggled with the the driving one. Um. But the worst one for me was the, going back to when I originally played it, was the one where you're in the line for the toilet. Yes. <laughs> that, one's, that one's after the... Wait, which one is that, actually? I think that's after the cooking show one. Yes. Um, which is the one I'm still stuck on. I just can't do it. It's impossibly hard. <laughs> um, 
In fact, it's the bathroom one, not the last one, because it goes through like all of the other, all of the characters yeah. from the other levels. I think it does. Yes. Yeah. yeah. My favorite is still the the lizardy frog. Oh, the lizard. Yeah, the rugger rap. The rugger rap that he does. <laughs> yeah. Yes, We're just yeah. talking about running a flea market, and it's yeah. oh, so good. So good. in the rain or in the snow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> something, something got to flow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, got to get the funky flow. That's um, like got to go. <laughs> it's so good. Like that, all of the the kind of charm and the humor and stuff like that holds up perfectly. It's just still such a unique, weird game, and the story is just nonsense uh-huh. it's just Parappa trying to get girls and then crashing a the car and then having to pay money to get the car back so he has to sell things at a flea market and it's nonsense but it's great <laughs> yeah. I, so yeah if you like Parappa I definitely recommend that PS4 version it's it's a very very good and kind of faithful version of that game cool um, Ben you've, you're on the podcast and the rare times that you're on the podcast, there's one game that always comes up and will yes. always come up. <laughs> yes. So tell us about Crusader Kings 2. Monks Have you played Mystics? it yet? I've played no. Crusader Kings many times. Not recently. I haven't played Stellaris. No. Yes, Stellaris you expansion can, you can came play out. You've played a lot of that. I know. I, I really need to play that again. As well. Someone at my work bought that and keeps going on about how good it is and I'm like, I need to just buy it. Yeah. You've, you've played enough Stellaris though. No such thing. I wonder. I wonder <laughs> though. I, you probably haven't played as much Dolores as I've played Crusader Kings. Oh no, definitely not. I don't think anyone's played anything as much as you've played Crusader Kings. <laughs> <laughs> so Crusader Kings Two is the gift that keeps on giving. Uh, it's the game's probably like six or seven years old now, maybe. Uh, that, that sounds <clears throat> believable. And they're still releasing DLC for it. Um, so the the latest pack was called Monks and Mystics, and it focuses on a bit more of the role playing side of of the game. Um, so I think most people are familiar with what Crusader Kings Two is, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, so most of the time you're trying to basically get yourself bigger land, work your way up from count to duke to king to emperor or whatever whatever you want to do really. Um. But the new pack adds in a lot of religious orders into the game. Uh, it focuses mostly on Christianity, but around Central Europe during those times, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, and if you're playing as a pagan, you want to have fun just reading and stuff anyway. So you don't Pagans wanna... generally just want to have fun. That is kind of, exactly. <laughs> that is kind of their yeah. thing. Yeah, them uh, girls. Yeah. Girls are pagans, right? Is that not? <laughs> Maybe get things confused. Um, so yeah, so as a Christian, you can join one of, uh, I think I'm going to say three, uh, holy orders. So like there's the Benedictine and I think it's Dominin- Dominicus or something like that. And those two are pretty much the same. They're just like I am. I'm worshiping God and. I'm going to do all these things that shows how much I worship God. Uh, and you join you join these orders, and like there's there's ranks within the orders, so you prove yourself worthy enough to go up in the ranks by essentially completing missions, and it gives you points that you can then trade in for for these level ups. 
Um, but as you level up through them, they unlock new options to you. Uh, and, and the options in the kind of holy ones are... They're all right. They're, they, 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 they kind of... They'll give you a little bit of a bonus on, on some stat or they'll make people like you more for a while, uh, which can be pretty useful in that game. Um, yeah, it's it, kind of... It's uh, basically you know medieval or crusader era kind of get people to like you yes kind of a big part of that game yeah um and then there's there's a third order that's the hermetics which are they're more interested in the pursuit of knowledge so a lot of the quests that you do missions that you do for them is like you go and study the stars or you perform some sort of rituals to try and like do a divine seeing uh see into the future or trying to Mm-hmm. Uh, epiphanies have epiphanies and then when you rank up in that society you can start doing like uh, screens on yourself so you can do it to yourself and say okay I want to know how my battles are going to go in the future or how I'm going to do as a king or just like what's what does the future hold for my relationships and it gives you a wee bonus for that and then maybe an event kicks in later on that's like oh yeah this happened because you you said it would happen yeah. essentially does it ever um, do the opposite does it ever be like oh your predictions oh, yeah. were completely fucking wrong you were terrible oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Awesome. Uh, so you can do it you can once you get to a rank you can do these on your children too and you say <laughs> right I'm, I'm gonna see what the future has for my child and it'll come up randomly saying oh your child's gonna be you, you're, they're gonna be really knowledgeable and have a pursuit in knowledge in the future and you can either go, that's great, that's perfect. Or you can go, actually, I kind of wanted something different to that. Um, does does and, it ever say depend- something like, your children are going to betray and try and depose you? Uh, no. I mean, that happens anyway. Yeah, but does it give but- you a warning that <laughs> might or it, might not no. be right? No, it doesn't, it doesn't give you a warning, unfortunately. Oh. Um, so, like, I was, I was playing through the DLC because I put the review up on the site just yesterday I think um, and I decided you know I'll go a duke in the middle of the Holy Roman Empire because really my my options are going to be limited there anyway mm-hmm. so I'll play around, play around with this new content in the DLC and I kind of I ended up have continued playing this same playthrough for quite some time now and I went through a couple of generations of characters going for the Hermetics and then going for the Holy One, uh, and I, I was so I was a Duchess in the pursuit of the Holy, and she was like white as white, the best character ever. <laughs> I managed to make her like Queen of Los. I I, I can't pronounce the, <laughs> the place, but it's like the Eastern France, Western Germany part that was a kingdom at some point, and. Um, and then you know she died naturally of old age everybody loved her and then I started playing as her son because that's how it works in Crusader Kings mm-hmm. you take over as the heir and um, I realised I had paid absolutely no attention to what this character was going to be like um, and I found that they they were kind of you know they were pretty average character pretty poor stats uh, and I noticed that they had one of the sinning traits so there's a fourth order you can join, but you can only join it A through invite and B if you're already a sinner. 
Okay. And the or the order is called Lucifer's Own. That sounds like the order for me. I, yes. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so um, in, in Lucifer's Own, uh, you can straight off the bat what you have to, you have to like express an interest. You can't just join it. You have to express an interest, and there's a massive event chain of someone talks to you and they put perverted thoughts in your head, and you have to agree and disagree, and you eventually have to go to bed with someone and then burn a, a skull into your arm, like dark, dark Mark style. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh, but once you're in, you can start doing stuff like uh, any prisoners in your dungeon, you can just sacrifice them to Satan. That's great. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's good. And then, although, usually if you've got prisoners in your dungeon, you want to ransom them off and get the money for them. Yeah, ransom to Satan. Well, yeah. Well, um, if you have people in your dungeon anyway, and maybe forget about them for a while, as as I tend to do, uh, there's there's like an event chain that will pop up, which is, oh yeah, someone within Lucifer's Zone wants to have a massive kind of sacrificial party, and you you want to go along, and you're like, yeah, cool, um, we're going to sacrifice this person. It's like, like, great, and then it comes up with, oh yeah, we also just sacrificed everybody in your dungeon too. <laughs> you're like ah I was kind of saving those people but okay it's like when um, party people come over and they start raiding your fridge and you're like no that was my food yeah except <laughs> that's, you know living people <laughs> <laughs> exactly um, so as you rank up in Lucifer's own you get more powers like you can uh, start to curse people and uh, give them smallpox and the plague and all sorts that's great uh, so I kind of I, I was in a I was in a really bad war that there was no way I was going to win. I was just like I'm going to curse the leader of the other guys. Oh yeah, he's dead now and the war went away. Great. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, the only difference in Lucifer's own, though, compared to the other ones, is the top tier can only have one member on it. Okay. So even if you've got as much points as you need, the leader of Lucifer's own, if there's already some guy there, it can't be you. But then you also have all these abilities to like kill people. So you so end you up can... with like a, a kind of battle against other devil worshippers. Yeah, to be to be the lead devil worshipper. <laughs> um, but the, the the best reward of all is when you become the lead of Lucifer's own. But really, it's it it would work best for you if you were playing as a female character. Um, so it unlocks the ability of unholy impregnation. Oh God! <laughs> nice. Where where you can uh, summon a devil to uh, impregnate a woman, but if you're a man, then that option only shows up through a mission or an event chain. Whereas if you're a woman and you become leader of Lucifer's own, you can do it to yourself, and therefore the the child would be of your dynasty as well. So you, they could technically be your heir. Mm-hmm. And you would play as the spawn of Satan <laughs> once your character died. So nice. I, I'm 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 trying to work it back around. I'm trying to keep playing the game until I get back to having a female character and get a sinner straight. I'm actually working on that right now. I was playing it yesterday, so that sounds yeah. great. That sounds yeah, like a really good expansion. It is. It, it it gives you a completely new way to play the game. Like I say, it's more about role playing and the fact that you can have this kind of massive swing between generations of characters. You can go from the holy, holy white to white, 
to yeah i'm just gonna yeah. worship devils and sacrifice people it sounds like it kind of leans more into the kind of story building parts of crusader kings which were always kind of my favorite bits of it anyway yeah because i just love the idea of like you know you're focused on making this character be you know the most holy of holy the most you know pure of pure etc etc and in turn she kind of neglected her child and he became you know lead devil worshiper exactly like that's great that's a great story (laughs) (laughs) that really is i mean it had been it had been a I've I've been playing Crusader Kings two kind of on and off. I've been running a a YouTube series as as Iceland. I've been kind of playing that since Iceland beat England at the Euros. But um, yeah, I had only just really been dipping in and out of it. But yet, yeah, once this expansion came in and I started playing it, I was just hooked again, completely. Yeah. It is one of those games that once you start playing, you need to see it. Out. Well, I've never actually played a Crusader Kings two campaign all the way through. Yeah, because because it because it spans quite a large expansive history. Yeah, you usually don't get all the way. I, I recently joined a group on Facebook, which is a group just for people who play Crusader Kings two, mm-hmm. and some someone asked the other day, "What do you what do you do once you get to the end of the game?" Now there is the option if you've got Europa Universalis Four, you can transfer your save game from Crusader Kings Two to Universalis Four. But everyone's response was, "I've never made it. I've never made it to the end of the game." You know, I've got over a thousand hours of playtime. I've never made it to the end of the game. That's fair. Yeah. But uh, the. The, the the expansion, you know, most of the expansions are worth getting. Monks and Mystics definitely is. Yeah, it seems like expansion that kind of builds on my favourite parts of that game, so I think I'll definitely look into it. Yep. Yeah. Good stuff. Cool. Um, yeah. Mike, you've been playing Kingdom Hearts games. Uh, yes, I have. Pick A one lot of them. of them. Pick one of them. <laughs> uh, so I pre-ordered the uh, new PS4 version of the Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 and 2.5 remix, and uh, I didn't realise. Well, I knew, but I didn't really think about it too much that I had played most of the games. Yeah. So I played Kingdom Hearts the first one. I finished. I, no, I didn't finish that one. Um, played and finished Kingdom Hearts 2 uh, and played and finished Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. How did you understand uh, Story 2 if you didn't finish the first one? I, it's a pretty deep YouTube, story, man. YouTube right. videos. Um, well, <laughs> all, all you need to know is that uh, Roxas didn't find his pal still. <laughs> yes, and that, that's about as much as you need to know. Um, yeah. Sora yeah, still didn't uh, have his friends with him. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he still had fucking Go- uh, Donald and Goofy yes. following him. The yeah. only friends you really need. That's what he learned <laughs> was that human friends are useless. Disney's where it's at. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can solve the world's problem as long as you've got a duck you can't understand and a fucking Goofy dog. <laughs> wait, wait, no, that's wrong. Um, But yeah. <laughs> so, I... 
picked it up because I wanted everything in one place and that was quite cool with the intention of playing through everything so I am in a weird place right now where I have four different games of Kingdom Hearts going and all of them I am in the same fucking place with that bastard bloody song oh. yes I I am in Traverse Town in all of them <laughs> I didn't even realise Traverse Town was in all of the games I, well in, in most of them so uh, if you have a look at uh, Traverse Town exists obviously in, in Kingdom Hearts Kingdom Hearts 2 it's there in Chain of Memories Mm-hmm. And it's in uh, 358 uh, stroke 2. I don't know if it's in recorded or... Uh, it probably is. I, yes. Yeah, and... Yes. Uh, yeah, and it's in Dream Drop, drop Distance as well. Uh, so, I, yeah, I'm playing through... Uh, I played a little bit of uh, Kingdom Hearts, the first one, just to have a, a quick look. And they've they've cleaned it up really well. Game yeah. looks well. It still plays well. Um, the FMV cutscenes are crisp still. Game still holds up, and they have done a, a good job of cleaning it up and presenting it on the, you know, on the PlayStation Four. I th- I don't know if it's got the four K added onto it. Uh, uh, I'm not sure. It'll have some kind of PS4 Pro support because mm. games have to. Right. Specifically, has 4K. Right, Uh, but yes, uh, still looks very good. Um, And I am also playing a game that uh, one of the games that I never played, which was Chain of Memories. So Chain of Memories was the game for the Game Boy Advance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's the that's the direct sequel to Kingdom Hearts first one, and it sits in between one and two. Yes, it's the the card game. Yes, yes. So it's all of the Kingdom Hearts games took this thing where it was always the, you know, it was the same kind of a three D characters running around the the um, real time combat, you know, action RPG combat style. But every time they felt they needed to do something slightly different with it, mm-hmm. uh. And in this time, what they've done is that the combat is... When you choose a combat, you choose attack, but the attack is in the form of a card. So you have... It's essentially... You know, you can choose attack, but you've got uh, a little card and it's got a number on it, uh, maybe number seven. So you're choosing to attack with your... uh, you're dialed up to number seven, for example. Um, if you're dialed up to zero, you're probably just going to parry something. And you have all these cards. You can use them once, and then they kind of they need refreshed. And what you need to do to refresh your cards, basically recharge all your your commands, is on the the PlayStation Four. Is just hold down X for a little while and let it uh, recycle up. So it's like a gauge, and it fills back up, mm-hmm. and then your cards are avail- are available to you again. It's okay. It's slightly different, but I don't see if it wasn't there. If it was the same as what you do in Kingdom Hearts One and Kingdom Hearts Two, 
fine, no problem. I don't. I'm struggling now to see why they did it. It doesn't. It's yeah. It's new. It's slightly new, and it's different from the other ones, and that's okay. But I don't know why. If that I makes... always assumed it was just because it was originally a Game Boy Advance game. Well, and so they kind of stripped it down a bit and didn't do the full combat. I don't. But it is full combat though. You are still jumping. You're still jumping, and you're pushing the button. Then the attack happens. But I'm not 100 sure that it was. Well, I don't know actually. I guess I don't know enough. I'm not 100 sure it was like that originally because they redid right, it okay. for PS2, which is right. what that one's a remake of. But I could yes, be wrong. That... Maybe it did have that already. I... Yeah. I'm not um, sure if the Game Boy Advance one was just more of a straight-up card game. I don't see them redoing the entire thing though. Um, it, it still has the card yeah. system, and it's still. You know, solving the puzzles when you defeat enemies, they drop cards. Yeah. The whole story is based on this this card these cards that you find. But it's um you know, it's not like playing a card game. Yeah. It's just you know cards and you, place of action. Yeah, you you have all of these cards. Um can see where normally when you're playing Kingdom Hearts you've got on the the bottom left of the screen you've got uh, Sora's picture. Yeah. And then next to it, you've got, uh, you know, attack, magic, heal, item, that kind mm -hmm. of yeah. little menu. The, on this, what you have is you've got Sora's picture, then you've got all these cards kind of to the side, kind of like when you hold a fan of cards in your hand. And the, the one that's exposed the most is the one that you're choosing. You push the, the X button and the action that's attached to that card, be it an attack or a heal or sometimes you get a card of one of your allies. And it's a bit like, um, I forget what it was in the first time, you know, where you could summon legendary Disney characters. You would get Simba to come and he'd fucking beat everybody up from the Lion King. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's that kind of idea, except um, when you summon Donald, for example, Donald comes and uh, in the game, Donald's a, a mage. So you... You summon Donald, he shows up for a couple of seconds and he shoots fire, uh, thunder and lightning all over the place. And then he disappears. And then you need to wait for the car to recharge before you can, you can call it up again. That's it, but it's still very much real-time combat. Mm -hmm. um, strange. Yeah. It is, it, it is a bit strange, but it still, it still works. So they've changed it enough so that it's got this strange new thing happening, but it's not changed enough so that you're going, oh shit, how do I control? How do I fight? The minute the Heartless show up, you know what you're doing. Yeah. Um, the other thing that happens as well is um, you'll be wandering around in the area. So I'm in Traverse Town, as I said. You're wandering about and you'll see a couple of Heartless flying about. And in the old one, all you would do is you'd just run up to them and start battering them with the keyblade this here it's it's a little bit like old school final fantasy you need to go up and when you touch one of the enemy then the battle screen opens up and the battle screen is uh yeah it you know how in final fantasy 7 where you would touch an enemy or or um one would just randomly show up and the screen does that fuzzy thing and then you're in a a, a battle mm -hmm. arena. Yeah. 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 So 
in when you're doing when you're fighting here, um, you'll be running about Traverse Town, and it's like a little um, a ledge, for example, or a, a a narrow alleyway you're in, for example, and you touch an enemy, and the next minute you're doing battle, and the arena looks completely different. So it's a structured arena for each area. So there's one for Traverse Town. There'll be one for the jungle. There'll be one for Alice in Wonderland or whatever you know, wherever you are. Um, And that'll probably be because to fit into the confines of a Game Boy cartridge. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, But, yeah, uh, can't fault it. Good game. I will definitely Uh, play it when I eventually pick this collection up. So, yeah, that's the thing. There is so much bloody game in this. Uh, the other the other game that I've been putting a bit more time into was Birth by Sleep. Now I had Birth by Sleep in a PS Vita, a uh, PSP. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I played through it once, and the you you can play through it twice, uh, three times. I beg your pardon. Um, but I never did that, so um, I'm going to play through that one again. Again, still looks still looks good. They've done a nice job cleaning it up, uh, and the stories are just fucking mental. I think those cartoony art styles just lend themselves to HD. Like they scale up real well. Yeah, yeah. Um, a bit sharper, and it it's because there's not like a lot of if you if you stretch up kind of more realistic looking games, then you know you see that the textures are all blurry and not very detailed and stuff like that. Whereas if you're blowing up something that is cartoony already. Odds uh-huh. are those textures didn't have a lot of detail in them to start with. They were probably very yes. flat and you know, yeah, primary coloured and stuff. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, I'll talk. Uh, I didn't mention much of a uh, dream drop, dream drop distance. So I had that. If you listen to, oh God, what maybe a few a, a hundred or so podcasts ago. I bought it and I got it cheaply and I never played it because of I can't remember what I was bl- uh, what we'll blame that on probably project project Cro- either project cross zone or dragon age it'll be something like yeah, that like one age of the reasons dragon age 2 yeah <laughs> definitely and uh, so of course playing through all of these ones I thought I've still got it for the 3DS so I'm not going to buy that uh What's the newer one called? Is it 2.8? Oh, God, I don't know. Yeah, 2.8. Some, 2.8. Yeah, Final it's got a funny... chapter. Oh, no, yeah. no, wait, I think that's one of the games that's in it. I think that's the overall thing. Yeah, it's... But anyway, so... the go look it up. Because 2... Well, I'll fill time then. Uh, 2.8, <laughs> as far as I know, is just Dream Drop, dream drop Distance, and then... They've added this new piece of content. It's basically set in the world of Birth by Sleep, taking place just before Kingdom Hearts three, I believe. Yes. So it has. It's called Kingdom Hearts HD two point eight Final Chapter Prologue, which is edition edition. That's three words that don't make sense together. Yes. Yeah. However, anyway. Um, it contains Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance HD, Kingdom Hearts Zero Point Two Birth by Sleep, a fragmentary passage. Yeah, which is a short episode taking place between the events of Birth by Sleep and Kingdom Hearts Three, yes. which is just the game series. 
Yeah. If yeah. you only know what takes place between Birth by Sleep and Kingdom Hearts 3, that is all Everything. of the other games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also has Kingdom Hearts Cross back cover, which is told through HD cinematics, tells a tale of the foretellers and reveals part of the new series history. Yeah, so that isn't that the... The back cover is the iOS version, or is that just... Uh, Kingdom Hearts Cross is uh, the the mobile game. Ah, I think right. this is the, like a tie-in of some of the characters, but it's just like a movie. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I didn't really see the point of getting it as such. Uh, well, at the moment, I'd probably get it when it's when it's a little bit cheaper if it if it does come down in price. But Dream Drop Distance is on the 3DS. Uh, looks good. It's more. It is more Kingdom Hearts. Um, yeah, I, I can't really say much more than that. I'm just early into it. This is all about. Um, it, so it's kind of mucky in the world uh, between so Kingdom Hearts 2 dealt with uh, Roxas and this kind of floaty in between world um, so it's not quite the world that Sora's in but it's not quite the afterlife either it's this kind of floaty around world yeah. and, King, and Dream Drop Distance seems to mucky the world between those because you've got Sorus and Sora Soros, Sora and uh, Riku, and they are they're be, they're going to take on the the Keyblade exams, which are a big thing in Birth by Sleep. That's a weird name for that, but yeah, fine. Yeah, I don't think it's called the Keyblade exams. <laughs> I want to believe the the mark mark is it Mark of Mastery, Mastery of Mark? Fuck knows the the big exams anyway. I never played Birth by Sleep, so I don't know no one's taken in years and years and years um, and then it's starting to introduce characters from Birth by Sleep and you've got Xemnas coming back and oh it's yeah you need a you know a, a set square and a pilot's license just to get anywhere near the story of Kingdom Hearts now <laughs> uh, but yeah I am I am at the moment I'm completely just engulfed in Kingdom Hearts stuff I found my old uh, guidebooks for Kingdom Hearts 2 and Birth by Sleep uh, which are really fucking expensive now if you try and buy them oh yeah yeah, they are a lot of those books end up becoming collector's items yeah um, mine sat in a box so both of them are in pristine condition to try and find any uh, you know other copies of these online and you're talking about really beaten up torn versions and people are still wanting like 40 quid for them for you know 40 pound i've seen some for like 15 60 dollars and it looks like somebody had eaten their breakfast off them <laughs> um so yeah because i the the one game like i said the one game that i didn't finish was the the one i kind of battled with which was the first kingdom hearts and i thought i wonder if i could get the guidebook for it and after looking and seeing, you know, sixty, seventy pound for stuff that looks like the, uh, my cats had a, a field day on, it's just like no, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but yeah, I am really just covered in Kingdom Hearts stuff and uh, really enjoying it. Go back in time. Thirty, I think thirty-five pound is the most expensive you can expect to pay for Kingdom Hearts. Uh, that's a physical disc edition. I think you can get it for 30 quid on this, the PlayStation Store at the moment. 
highly recommended at that price it is you're getting so much game for your money yeah, yeah. there's yeah. a lot of stuff yeah so there's, uh, so many new things coming out though yes yeah um, but buy it anyway just do it <laughs> <It'll be fine. laughs> just, just yeah. buy it yeah just buy it uh, <laughs> but uh, Paul you have been playing um, speaking of remakes and things um, a remake of as such, you've been playing a iOS version of a board game. I have. Same thing I did last week. I played Splendor pretty much all of last week. Right. This week, the only thing I've played is uh, Oniron, Kieran? Is yeah, that how you pronounce yeah, yeah. it? That's I think it. so. I don't know. There I we go. from other YouTube videos and stuff. <clears throat> Fair enough. Fair enough. Kieran actually owns the physical version of this game, and I was always super interested in it, and I've seen it being shared on Facebook by Asmodi Digital just as the show was being recorded last week. So I paid the £1 they're taking for it on their um, first week promo or whatever it was. Yeah, I, thought, I, think, I'll give... I think... Sorry, I was going to say, I think that price has went up now. Yeah, yeah, I, I did not expect it to last that long. Um, For what I paid for it, great game. Fantastic. I would easily, happily pay four or five quid for it for how much play I've had in this game. Put it in perspective, I have not turned my PlayStation on this week. I've not loaded up Steam this week, but every opportunity I've had to game, I've played this game, and I usually play about three or four rounds of it before I go to sleep. That's, Just, it's good. Yeah, it's really, really good. So I'll kind of... I, I think you've been playing it as well, Mike. So I have, yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll kind of co-explain it with you cool. it's a very easy single player you versus game card That's game easy to play maybe not easy easy to play difficulty. and easy to yeah, yeah. easy to understand yeah, the rules of definitely, yeah. very easy to get the hang of <laughs> by god is it not easy to beat <laughs> it's just Oh, it's one of the most punishing things I've ever played <laughs> on a, on a phone, and I, I I got it on the pure sole purpose of I might buy the physical version of this, but I've played so much of the digital version. I don't know if I will buy the physical, physical one. Physical version comes with a handful of expansions that are really good. Yes, yeah. Uh, well, I might actually pick up the physical yeah. version because I'm really enjoying it. So. The premise of the game is you're trying to get the keys for eight doors. There are four colours. Two doors for each colour. Anyone yep. correct me where I go wrong for this? No, you're going with you well. Do you know what the four um, colours are, Paul? Our slightly colour bind friend. Yes, they are green, <laughs> blue, red, and I don't know what the other one is. It's like a kind of beige Yeah, it's yeah. like a beige. I, I I call it cream in my head when I'm yeah, playing the that's, game. Yeah, I, I can see cream. Cream's a fair yeah. color for that. Yeah, I, I call it cream in my head when I'm playing it. Um, So, yeah, those are your four colors. Trying to get the keys to two doors for each color. And you do this by placing three cards of that color in a row. But each card has a symbol, either a sun, a moon, or a key. And you can't place two symbols the same next to each other. So you have to play such as a red sun, red moon, red sun in order to unlock that door. 
you can play the key cards, but Kieran's advice to me was hold on to them, and I now understand why. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't play key cards. Key cards it's... are the most useful thing in the entire game because you can use yes. them either to do that. When you draw, or no, no, you keep when, when you draw when you draw a door card, you can use a if you have a corresponding key card in your hand, you can unlock the door automatically without playing three cards. Or there are ten nightmare cards in the deck. If you draw one of these to get rid of it, you have four options. You can either give up a door. Discard mm-hmm. your hand. And by give up door, it means it goes back into the deck because you still have yeah. to get all the doors to win the game. Yeah, no, it yeah, goes back sorry, into the deck, but you give up one of the doors you've unlocked. You relock the door and put it back into the deck effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can give up your give up your hand, which means you'll get put in the discard pile and you draw five more cards. You can give up a key that is in your hand, or you can discard five cards from the top of the deck. Now, none of these sound too bad until you realize you lose the game when you run out of cards <laughs> on the yes. deck. And those oh. are a limited number. It doesn't seem that way at first, but as you keep going, you're like, oh no, I don't think I have any blue cards left. And yeah. I, I, oh. That's, so uh, yeah. That's, that, that's how Pandemic gets me most times as well. Yeah. That's it's definitely like, yeah, everything's of... everything's under control here. Oh shit, we ran out of cards. <laughs> every game yeah. of pandemic I've lost has been because we've run out of cards. So in much the same vein, you run out of cards, you lose the game. With if you if you have no cards left to be able to draw, you lose the game, regardless of what you have in your hand. So it's been such a bitch to me because I have drawn the last card in the deck just as I was about to play the last card I needed for the last door. <laughs> And that has happened to me on multiple occasions. There is another use for the key cards as well, which I realised one thing I'll say about this digital version that I don't like is that it doesn't have particularly good tutorials. I thought the tutorial was alright. Yeah, I thought the tutorial was does, pretty good. Does it, it? I don't remember at least. I don't remember explaining the other use of the key card. It does. I just haven't done it yet. Oh, so if you discard it. Yes, if yes. you discard a key card from your hand, it lets you look at the top five cards of the deck, discard one of them, and rearrange the other four. Mm-hmm. And that'll be the order you draw them in, which has come in very handy for me when you're trying to rearrange three cards into the right order to draw them to get a door open, or in this case, discard nightmares. Yes. Before you draw them and you need to deal with them. Yeah, definitely. And that's it. That's as simple as the rules of the game are. But by God, is it punishing. <laughs> it's so hard. I think I've played something like 26 games now and I've won four of them. Oh, <laughs> My win-to-lose ratio is awful. It's just really, really bad. That's, that sounds like me on Call of Duty. <laughs> oh, it's just it's so... It's, I, I, the thing is, I can't put the game down. I lose, I play another one. I lose, I play another one. I lose, I play. I'm playing this until I win a game. That's kind of how I play the the physical version. Like I just keep playing until I win one. And yeah. I think my win ratio has been kind of about fifty percent. I think. Well, my win ratio at the moment is currently forty four point four percent. Um, I do not know what mine is, but so I've I've played fifty. 
make. I will look at mine. <laughs> I, I've played uh, 54 games and I've won 24 of them. So, um, yeah, it's... I kind of like it. it. Definitely, you know, it's an advanced version of Solitaire. Um, and I think, I don't know if we'd said this one on the podcast, I think it was just maybe the, the two of us talking, Kieran, but when I was looking at Aniram and I didn't get it, I picked up uh, Friedman Freeze's Friday, mm-hmm. which is another solo solo game. I picked that up instead because I felt that was that appealed to me more. Yeah. And it, I still, I still like uh, Friday um, because it's a little bit more involved. There's a couple of more decisions and things that you're doing. But I really love this. This is just, uh, it's pretty. I don't want to say mindless because that takes away from it. Mm-hmm. It's something I can do. I can sit in the train and I don't need to worry. I can get two or three games done on my train journey before I get off at the one stop. And then I've got, you know, five, five minutes wait before the next train. And I can get a couple of games in then. And then I can get a final two games in before I get to my work. I do definitely think it's kind of game that you end up in a little bit of a kind of flow state. Yes, um, yeah. It's not. It's weird because it's not really. I want to say it's like relaxing, but it's kind of not because it is very well, difficult. Hey, but yeah, it is I find also. It the same. But all, uh, yeah, I found it relaxing. I I would yeah, say it was relaxing as well. I would. I showed it to my girlfriend once and was sitting playing. And I was like, look, I find this game really relaxing. It's you know pretty straightforward, easy to just kind of get into and you know get a feel for it without you know it likes you kind of tune out a bit but also there's enough yes. thought in it that it's still interesting yeah. and she watched it and was like this is stressful as fuck what are you talking about <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes um because that's what i was going to say it, it's a game that i can play and i can i don't need to worry about it i don't need to think i can just switch off and play it and i think yeah i think you're right you get into a rhythm and a flow of playing it yeah yeah um yeah it's really really good um, I just I don't think I'm going. I I I don't think I can justify paying the money for the physical version anymore. No, that's fair. But I here's, probably still will. Here's the thing: the the physical version at the moment I don't think has had a reprint in a little while. Um, whenever it gets a reprint, it does sell out. It does really well. The copies that you can find right now are at highly inflated prices so you're looking at paying 30 odd pounds the there it's on amazon right now for 34 quid yeah, yeah. so you you can uh and you well you paid a pound for the game Paul. yes um, i paid a pound <laughs> for the game and i've had way more than a pound's worth of entertainment out of it yeah i i think um recommended retail for the game is about 20 pound and it is a really, a really cool box and really well presented. And it has a crap ton of expansions that it comes with as well when you buy the, the, the physical, physical version. version. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, I think they've... I, I was thinking about this and I had the game and I thought, this is fantastic, I've got it, I've only paid a pound for it and I've saved myself essentially 30-odd pounds. And it got me thinking, are they actually going to do a reprint of the game again? Yeah, you would think so if you they're know, doing this. It makes sense to do this as a way to kind of, you know, remind people the game is a cool thing that is there. Yeah, but in, I mean, 
this time that uh, why would you you know normally when you're getting a digital version of the game the the you know they're coaxing you to buy the physical version yeah. because the physical version takes the space on the table and you can play more mm. people and things yeah this one there's there's no there's nothing to coax you with except you know a couple of the expansions but yeah it's i i feel that i was i thought are they not going to make any you know any more physical copies or it just feels this is the the end of the line i think they'll uh, probably do an art reprint i think yeah is the graphical style of the physical version the same as the yes the ios yep. one yeah. yeah, so it's not like they've changed anything. No, no, no. It wouldn't be like no. a, a kind of reskin or anything. No. Um, um, yeah, so my win-to-lose ratio is 23 games played, not 26, and uh, four games won. Wow. <laughs> my best my best remaining is nine cards. The most, most cards I've had left in my deck winning. Well... I will tell you tomorrow what mine is because I just bought it. <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> That's exactly what we're trying to do. Yeah, it is. It is still ninety nine pence on the on the app oh, store. So. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So. Price. No, I, I believe it's just the introductory price. I yeah, think it's going to go up to uh, two ninety nine. You know, oh, to right. just yeah. Most of the games are between two ninety nine and four ninety nine, depending on the game. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Uh, I will say I've not played much of the digital version I've, just because I still play the physical version quite a lot and I do like just having physical cards there. Um, oh, yeah. But I've played a couple of games of it and the one thing that I do really think is, or the couple of things I think that it does that are really great that are kind of in some ways better than the physical one are one, that game is very you're, you're shuffling the deck a lot in that game. And because it's digital, you don't need to do that, obviously. You know, it's yeah. all done. Yeah. Because you shuffle a deck every time you unlock a door. You shuffle a deck every time you pick up a door and can't unlock it. You shuffle a deck every time you get a nightmare card. You shuffle a deck, you know, like, yes. constantly, basically. <laughs> uh, when you get three cards in a row, you go into the deck, find one of the doors, and then shuffle everything back. And it's just, you know, a bit tedious to do sometimes. And the other thing is it has little counters telling you how many nightmare cards are left in the deck and how many cards are left in the deck. Which almost yep. feels like cheating. <laughs> like that's when you have the physical version, you're just try to keep a thought you know, a little bit of a count in your head, like but, all right, I think there's Right. I, think... I thought the rule said that you can go through the that you can go through your discard pile at any time though. You you can. You can. But, but still, sure. you know. Yeah, I. To be fair, I'm I'm the same as you, Kieran. I'm that used to playing physical versions that to go through the discard pile would take too much time. Mm -hmm. So I don't I don't go through the digital discard pile either. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. No, I don't. Go th I wouldn't go through it either. To be honest, I've never done that. Um, I feel like I it's do, kind of simple. I don't like the counters. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of simple enough that you kind of get the. You kind of keep a track in your mind. You're like, okay, I know I've discarded a lot of red cards, so I should probably stop discarding red cards because I might not be able to open the doors. Um, yeah. One thing, yes. actually, that, again, I, 
don't know, maybe I just skipped through tutorials or something, but the I didn't see it mentioned is there are different numbers of each colour of card. Like there's not the same number of red cards as there is blue cards. No, no there's not. Uh I think I think beige has the least and red has the most. Red definitely has the most because yeah. you see it consistently. But knowing that, like, there's not a massive difference. It's like two or three cards difference. But knowing right. that kind of triggers a bit in your brain where you're like, all right, I can just discard red cards constantly then. And then you end up with no red cards. And you're like, oh, fuck, whoops. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, a fantastic game. Cool. Excellent. So, so Kieran. Oh, Mike, <laughs> no, no, I, I, you were taking your time doing it, so I was going to jump in there, but you jumped in just as I was, as going to rescue you. So, so Kieran, you've been playing a game that I've yet to pick up because I know I'm going to lose a lifetime to it. How is Persona Five? Persona Five is really good, guys. Cool, excellent, Ben. What you've been playing? So, <laughs> <laughs> um, Persona Five is. Very similar to the previous Persona games. You know, as a big JRPG, you're a high school student that is also, you know, fighting monsters and solving crimes on the side. But the focus of it is more on being a phantom thief, which means you break into these dungeons that kind of represent the minds of people and you steal steal their treasure. (laughs) You steal their treasure, and if you steal their treasure, that causes their minds to change so you're going into the the minds of kind of people that are less than you know not the nicest people in the world one of the first people is a teacher who's abusing kids oh wow and so you wow. go into his mind and you steal his treasure to you know maybe convince him to stop doing that and um when you go into the mines, it is these big dungeons, kind of like the previous games we've had, but it's kind of the part of the game they have overhauled the most from the previous Persona games is these dungeons. See, the previous ones, they were kind of just basic little mazes that you went through, fought random encounters, and they were even randomly generated in some of the games. But they these ones are very handcrafted, and they have lots more, there's like puzzles that you have to solve in them and things like that. They're more elaborate and well detailed and stuff like that. So I'm, I've am i only done one dungeon so far, to be fair. So maybe the rest of them are garbage or something. But I don't think they are. <laughs> um, but that first dungeon is really good and very different from the previous Persona games, which is great. Because that has definitely always been the weakest part of those games. Like, they've always kind of nailed the social interaction stuff and the building up your friendships and stuff like that. But then when you actually went into a dungeon, it was kind of just, this is a, you know, rectangular room that is just a really basic grid-based room or a floor of a building that has a slightly different skin on it based on you know, what what building you're meant to be in. But, you know, they're all basically the same, but kind of slightly tweaked. This one, yeah. the first one in particular, just feels so different from any of the previous dungeons in the series. There's a lot of stuff. And there's a lot more story stuff that goes into the dungeons with you. So, like, the other games, it was kind of just... The story stuff would be leading you up to the dungeon, 
and it'd be like, okay, well, you're in the dungeon now, go grind, fight monsters. But this kind of, the first few story beats take you, like, deep into the dungeon and then back out again. There is story-based stuff that actually kind of ties everything back together a bit more. It's kind of the first Persona game where all the mechanics have felt a lot more connected rather than just being like, oh, it's an RPG where you go and explore these dungeons and fight bosses and stuff like that. And also there's this social game where you're, you know, making friends and the only thing that connects them is that you could use that to level up your monsters. And it's like, that's good, but Persona 5 is more like, oh no, all of this is connected. This is all just one big thing. And it's really awesome so far. Also, the soundtrack's great. You're just a big thing. I'm just a big thing. That's accurate. I am I am a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I definitely... like. I don't think it's surprising that Persona 5 is great. I'm only one dungeon into it so far. I've just reached the second dungeon, but I've not actually been in it yet. But the stuff they've done to modernise that game is... It's just fantastic. It sounds great, and I can't really wait to get my hands on it, but I also need to finish Horizon Zero Dawn, as I said last week. I should probably play more of that. Yeah, you probably should. Probably should. Great game. It's it's just not clicking with me. It's one of those games that I play, and I'm like, I know this game is great, but I don't really want to play it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is annoying me because I keep playing it. I'm like, all right, everything about this game is something I want to play. Like, has robot dinosaurs? Great. Has, <laughs> has a redhead as the main character? Great. Has an actual interesting kind of sci-fi story? Great. And then the bit where it's like, oh, it's Far Cry. And I'm like, oh, maybe not. Hmm. <laughs> oh shit. And I like yeah, Far Cry, but I, I just don't. I, don't I really want to pick that game up, and I haven't got around to it yet. It's really good. It's apparently just not why I'm looking to play just now <laughs> uh, I kind of didn't expect to like go into Persona 5 and get super deep into it right now like as much as I've been excited for that game I just kind of didn't think I was in the mood for a big JRPG at the moment but I started playing it and was like okay no I need to sink 100 hours into this game and get all of the stuff and get the true ending and of course you do. whatever else is in that game because that's what you need Max out all my social links. No one needs to max out all their social links. All my social links. One of your social links is with your teacher. She has a night job. It's a it's, little creepy. It's pretty good. One of the social links is with a, a doctor that works in a back alley. And she gives you medicine. The you. She sells you medicine for when you're going into the dungeons, but also you can max your social or get your social link up with her by going and trying out trial drugs in her back alley clinic. Nice. Does 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 she give you cheaper medicine if you get your social up? I think so. That's usually how this works. I'm only on like yeah. the second level of her social link so far, but if it's gonna save me a few bucks, sure I'll try your crazy you try crazy drugs. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Oh, going home and explaining to the wife why you've got like six eyes and stuff. <laughs> well, every time that I have went and done one of her drug trials so far, it has ended with her character either throwing up wildly or passing out. So <laughs> nice, it's going nice. pretty well just, so far. 
just another Saturday night. Basically. Yeah. It is yeah. also pretty creepy because every time it happens and you pass out, she'll like start taking notes and be like, yep, that's what I expected to happen. And it's like, why did you give it to me then? What are you doing? <laughs> that's not how medical trials are meant to work. You're not meant to know what the side effects, like the horrible you side effects. You psychopath. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Yeah. I expected your body to grow, glow luminous for four and a half hours. <laughs> uh, cool. Yeah. So you'll be spending a bit more time in that, will you? Oh, yeah. Persona 5 will be coming up on the podcast for the next year, probably. So, get well, used I'm, to uh, I'm going to go and get another night job then until he stops talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> or until you pick up as well. And then we can start. Just. <laughs> Make the pick up as well. Get Persona Five podcast going. Be great. Cool. Yeah. Uh, ben, you've been playing a game that I've actually been interested in for a while, but have not actually seen. I didn't know there was a playable version of it, which is War Tile. Um. There's. I got I got a press preview of it. If you remember, I think I came on the podcast and spoke about it the first time. Because they had a Kickstarter campaign, yes, which yeah. didn't really go that well. Um, but I had a preview of the game at that point, and there's a couple of videos of my YouTube channel yeah, yeah. of that, and it was fantastic. Loved it. Looked superb, and it, it's great. It's basically a board game, um, where you're you're moving characters about, and then they're they're engaging in in fights with. Uh, other pieces so it's like a hex based grid is the battlefield but it's like really well done mm-hmm. 3D uh, what did they call them I can't remember what they called them but there's, they, had it, the, there's, they had a term for it yeah I remember the di- the, like dioramas yes yeah. yes essentially yeah. Yeah. Um, good kind of tilt shift blurring going on on it yeah looked, looked gorgeous yeah and I loved it thought it was fantastic but it didn't it didn't it's kickstarted didn't go so well whatever and it kind of disappeared for a while, and it's come back again, which is great. Except it's not as good as it was before. Uh, oh, man. okay. It's like it's the same game. It's the same pieces, the same story, the same maps, but it doesn't look anywhere near as good as it was. That's, which is really, really disappointing. That's a bummer. Yeah. Um. So I, I've been I've been playing it a bit to see if there was anything changed or anything, and and as far as I can tell, there's there's not really anything that's been been changed other than the way it looks, and not in a good way. I wonder if that was just kind of the the budgetary constraints of we can't afford to pay a bunch of artists to make really pretty art anymore. No, but the thing is, it's the same diorama that was in it before. Oh, so it's not even that's weird. It's the okay. same. It's exact same pieces of art, but they don't look as good now. Ah, it's now aged, I don't know. Maybe I don't. Just in the... No, no, it, it, it's not it's at all. I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure they were using Unreal Engine originally. Yeah. So I don't know if maybe they've switched engine. Yeah. Or or something. Some something's happened, and it's it, it's not been a good something. That's unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, that's because I I was I was super excited for that game. Yeah, I remember thinking it looked good when like you first played it and the way first had previews to play up. So I was kind of excited seeing it on this list and being like, 
oh man, is Warthile back? And it's like, oh man, yeah. not in a good way. I mean, it it is it is going to be back, and this is still it is still the alpha. Um, I don't even know if it's got a store page on Steam. Like I've got it in Steam. Yes, it does. Um, but it's an early access game. You can get early access to it just now on Steam. Uh, and what what they're they're saying it's version zero point four point five point four. So it's early days for it. Yeah, so there's still hope. Uh, is yeah. And the thing is, like the the shots on the Steam are the old press shots of what it did look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I can only hope that they're aiming to get back to that. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Because um, I mean, otherwise, it is it, like it's 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 quite a neat idea of a game. Um, there's a nice wee kind of storyline behind it. You know, it's kind of Viking age battles where you're you're controlling one group of of characters. You know, like three three or four pieces on the board that you have to like click on to pick up and move as far as they can go, and then they've got like a wait time of how long it is before they can move again uh, and there's like there's cards that you can pull out for special abilities that cost so many points that you earn by defeating bad guys on the map as well mm-hmm. so you know it's it's a great it's a great concept uh, I just hope they can execute well on it yeah same because it, it looked awesome and it sounded awesome so be yeah I mean when I launched sorry when I launched it I thought Shit, have I just got some settings wrong or something? And I, I tried playing about with them, and it just made no difference, unfortunately. Yeah, that's that. That is, that's a bit sad. Um, because I, I was very excited. I backed the Kickstarter when it first came out, and yes. then the Kickstarter went away. They cancelled it because it wasn't getting the traction they they wanted. And then I'd read that that was them. They were back, and I thought, all right, well, they've obviously found a way to do what they wanted to do but if you're saying it doesn't look as good then yeah they quite possibly they switched engine and yeah that's yeah that is sad maybe yeah, come I mean, back due to funding I mean it's literally a month ago a, a year ago rather that I posted the videos from the first uh-huh. version of it um, of course people have been looking at those videos again now and yeah, it just doesn't look. It doesn't look. I'm I'm double checking the video just now just to be sure, but it doesn't look as good as it used to. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that is a pity. It is. So, Kieran, you have been playing Graceful Explosion Machine. Yeah, this is our Switch game. Um, I think Not it's that coming surprising. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think it's coming to other stuff as well, but at the moment it's only on the Switch, I believe. So it's a 2D arcade shooter, kind of like Defender, or more recently, kind of like Resogun. And I wasn't super into it to start with. Like, I played through the first couple of levels and I was like, eh, it seems alright. But as I got further and further into it, it has started to hook me the same way that Resogun did. So, it's it's cool. So you have 
four weapons from the offset. You have a kind of pea shooter that's just your standard attack. You have a kind of close range, not quite melee thing, but it's like a big slash that goes around you. And you've got a kind of big sniper beam that will kind of focus fire a lot of damage on one guy. And then you've got a missile thing that will just kind of fire missiles everywhere around you. And those last three all use the same kind of meter to fuel. So if you use it too much, it overheats and you can't use any of them. And then the pea shooter has its own kind of meter that can also overheat and then you won't be able to use it either. And it's all this kind of, like, certain enemies are easier to hit with different, you know, depending on the weapons, like really fast-moving enemies that are dodging about are hard to hit with anything except for the missiles because they all lock on and you end up fighting big enemies that take a lot of damage and doing the focus fire thing is kind of the only way to take them down and it's really cool it's just this cool thing where you've got to learn how to best use all of these weapons to defeat waves of enemies and each level is kind of three waves of enemies that get progressively progressively harder and it's really really well made it's got a nice art style as well it's like a very kind of 2D pretty thing, it's called Graceful Explosion Machine because everything explodes with these kind of you know weird kind of diamondy sprites that kind of chain into each other and make kind of cool looking explosions everywhere I have one question though Uh huh. do you save the last humans? There's no saving of last humans, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, so that that's Paul instantly out. I know. Out. I was I was kind of bummed out to start with as well there because I was like, oh man, I, I'm not saving any last humans here. I don't know. I'm not sold in this game. But I, if you persevere, if you look past that, one thing it does have that makes it almost truer to Defender than Resogun was is that when you move the analog stick left and right, you just go left and right. You don't turn right so you can kind of reverse and shoot and you have to press a button to turn which is ah. great i really like that um the right hand looks like as far as i can tell i don't think it does anything it's just there but uh, <laughs> yeah you've got the l button will uh make you reverse so or make you a uh, flip 180 degrees so you can shoot guys and it lets you kind of fly backwards while shooting guys that are coming at you and stuff like that it's great it's Again, I didn't really expect that much from it. I kind of just picked it up because I needed things to play on my Switch because Puyo Puyo Tetris doesn't come out for a few weeks. So, I need... Things. And you finished Zelda. I finished Zelda. I still be playing a lot of Zelda, but I finished Zelda. Um, but yeah, Graceful Explosion Machine, I definitely recommend it for people that, are, that have a Switch and want an arcade shirt to play, but even if it comes to other things, which... I want to say it was announced that it is, but I could be wrong. Uh, but if it comes to other things, people should definitely pick it up. It's, it's awesome. So, yeah. Cool. Good. Um, ben, you've been playing Train Sim World. Yes, I have. This is also for a review on the site. Uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to like rewrite half the review. Um, the reason being played it at first so we we've had we've had quite a bit up on the site about train sim world i was put up about the the trailers and announcements and we did an interview with dovetail games as well mm-hmm. all on it um and for those not familiar 
Dovetail Games have kind of built their success on the back of the Train Simulator franchise, and uh, you know it's it's a long-standing franchise again with a hell of a lot of DLC. Um, and the, the but the great thing about it was you know you, if you bought Train Simulator back in two thousand and ten, the new game came out and it automatically updated, and you just had to buy the extra content for it. Yeah. Um. So, but this it was all built on their own kind of propriety engine and, and stuff. Uh, and it's essentially you drive trains and that's it. Um, Dovetail Games kind of have been having a bit of a growth and are expanding their their simulator horizons. So we have also had reviews on the site for Eurofishing. Or a dovetail games Eurofishing, mm-hmm. I think was its full name, uh, which is out on PC and Xbox One, and has just been announced for PS4 as well. Um, we had Flight School because they they got license for Microsoft's Flight Simulator, and they've brought out this Flight School game, and there should be a full fully fledged Flight Simulator. I want to say later this year. I think that's right. um, I, I remember. <clears throat> But the thing about these games, and obviously because they're wanting to target consoles, is that they've switched to use the Unreal Engine as well. So Train Sim World is a completely new game. Excuse me. And um, it was built built on the Unreal Engine, so it's not compatible with any of the old Train, train Simulator stuff. Uh, which is, you know, the first thing that they've got to you've got to get out there because people have built up a library of masses, massive amount of content. Yeah, I feel like most simulator. times most times someone makes a sequel to a game you know, you don't expect the DLC to go across Yeah. when the DLC is you know, hundreds of pounds worth of stuff Try it's, thousands. Yeah, I guess thousands of pounds worth of thousands stuff. Thousands like, of pounds I guess some people might be a yeah. bit more bummed about that Yeah but yeah, so Train Sim World is a completely new franchise, not separate, but like running parallel with Train Train Simulator. Not, not completely new trains. <clears throat> not no, there's, there's still real trains. <laughs> yeah, still real trains. Um, but so the first release is the CX Heavy Hall game. So it's very much there. There is only three trains in the game, and it's one route which is the sand patch grade route, which is supposedly this famous railroad in the States. We we have no idea about it over here, of course. Um, so for people who are used to train simulator and being able to choose from hundreds of places and hundreds of trains, you know, and diesel, steam, electric, freight, passenger, uh, have all those options to them and play how they like, Train Sim World CSX Heavy Hall really has only kind of one option you're going to shunt some trucks around this route. Um, so in, in terms of content, it's it seems quite thin on the get- ground if you're used to the to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, it's it's not. I mean, they're, they're charging, I think, 20, 24.99 for the game, which is about as much as they will charge for one of their full DLC packs, which will just include a route and a couple of trains. So you you got to kind of think about it that way. 
Yeah. Instead of like this is a whole new game. Um. But I get so again the built it on the Unreal Engine. It's not just you drive the trains. It's actually a first-person simulator. So you get out and you can walk around the yards. You can go into one train, climb out, and go into another one. You actually have to go around and like prime the engine and turn it on and set all the fuses and uh, set all the switches to see whether or not this is a a lead train or a tail train mm-hmm. or whatever. <clears throat> and so some of the scenarios in the in the game are right. Okay, this train's just been fixed. Put it on the turntable, get it onto the right track, and hook it up at the back of this train, and then take that whole train up the road. Um, it's kind of cool. It is kind of cool. Uh, it's kind of cool until you get out of the train once you've hooked up to the back and have to walk to the front of the train, and the train is a mile long. <laughs> yeah, I guess. You, <laughs> yeah. yeah, trains are pretty long things. Yeah, I, I was literally just sitting there walking along the length of this train for like ten minutes until I could get into the front car and, oh, and dr- carry on driving it. Um, but the problem with it, to begin with, was the frame rate was horrendous. Right. It was it was struggling to maintain 25, 30 frames a second. Jeez. And that is running on the computer I've got at work, which has got a Titan in it and ridiculous specs. Um, so I've I've written a review... And I've slated it for this. It's also there's you know there's certain things about it. It's it's a simulation game, yet it doesn't give a shit when you run a red light. It doesn't get give a shit when you drive at 120 miles an hour around very tight corners. The trains don't derail or anything like that, which they would in in train simulator. But uh-huh. so so those problems are still there, but they have patched it now and it is running a lot smoother. The frame rates are, are are back up to getting what they should be. That's good. So I yeah I've, I've oh. kind of good it's good by it. Yeah. yeah, I've got to. I I'm kind of I'm gonna leave that paragraph in there and just kind of like score it out on on the review I think and leave just like say this, this 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 was a problem when it was released so yeah leave like an editor's note on it. <laughs> yes. Well yeah, this isn't the case anymore, but it was at the time of writing the review. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, but again, they they say it's just the first release in this franchise. So, you know, if if diesel shunting is not for you, but but you are keen on like steam or passenger or electric, uh, I, I I'm assuming there'll be more games in the future to kind of cater for that. Mm-hmm. And I think I think they'll the they they are continuing to release DLC for Train Simulator at the same time. So I think we'll just kind of see this kind of same sort of content coming to both. It's yeah, it's strange because they kind of need to support both of them, but it's not. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know how to. They they said somewhere in one of their press releases that they saw Train Simulator as playing with your trains, and Train Sim World as an actual first person simulator. Mm-hmm. So. Fair enough. Also, the fact that it because they've done it Unreal, that, that I'm sure they'll be bringing it to consoles at some point as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that does leave like, that option open. Yeah. Way to go on that. Especially if they're so, actively optimizing it. Yes. 
Well, because one of the questions that we asked in, in the interviews on the site was about VR, because it's it's a perfect game for VR. Hmm. Uh, but with the frame rates that were there at the beginning, there's no chance you could have an enjoyable VR experience in that. No, no, I can't imagine you would. So, board games? Yeah, what about them? Yeah. Did anyone play any? There's this game called Oniram, okay? And... <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we've talked about that. That's a, that's an iOS game. <laughs> yes, which I've just bought. Yes. Cool. Um, so, I played a couple of games. Um, and the first one that I played was a game called Terraforming Mars. This <gasps> looks so much fun. I want, oh, I want a shot of yeah. this. Yeah. So, Terraforming Mars is a game by Fryax Games, and it's uh, it's a scientifically accurate board game. So the idea is that we are we now have humanity is at a place where we can get to Mars and we are in the process of colonizing it and trying to terraform it and make it into a livable, breathable place. Um, the the game is the game board is played on the Tharsis side of Mars. So the map is actually the Tharsis uh, region of Mars. Uh, and I am told it is fairly accurate, you know, from the telescope images that we've got. Okay. Um, and uh, the the board is divided into little hexagons, or Mars is divided into little hexagons, into little tiles. So the game consists of building enough tiles, placing tiles on there, and these tiles are a combination of water, greenery, and cities. So to make Mars habitable and uh, successfully terraform it, you need to place uh, nine nine uh, bodies of water, um, and each water tile is equivalent to one percent of the, the the total surface area of Mars. And it's scientifically thought that for terraforming and human life to take place on Mars, nine percent of its surface would need to be covered in water, at least nine percent. Um, so they've actually put this thought into the components when they're making them, um, which I thought was quite cool. But yeah, so uh, you need to place nine, nine, you cover the surface, 9% of the surface in water. Uh, the other thing that you need to do is you need to raise the temperature to, oh, I don't have the board with me at the moment, but you have to hit a certain temperature. Um, I think it's... Five or six degrees, I can't remember. But you have to hit a certain temperature, raise the core temperature of the planet to a certain bit. And you also have to raise the percentage of oxygen in the air, in the atmosphere, to make mm -hmm. uh, to make it possible for plants to breathe and animals and organisms. It basically create life on the planet. So once you've got those three things done, then the game is over. Um, you are playing for points in this game. The person with the most points wins. Uh, how you play the game is that it's basically played with cards. So cards have a cost uh, that need to be paid, um, and you are you're basically building an engine. So you are 
uh, working on building various. Um, I use your big boy words, Mike. <laughs> you, 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 you are uh, resources. There's resources that you're building. Uh, money is one of the resources. There is also greenery. Um, so you're growing plant life. And once you have enough plant life, you can sort of stitch it all together and build it into like a, a forest. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's uh, you've got money you've got greenery you are also mining elements so you're mining titanium is one and steel is the other uh, you are also uh, building or creating energy you know be it um, energy from fossil fuels or nuclear energy things like that and the other thing that you're doing is you're cre generating heat you're trying to heat up the core planet um, so on your turn, you can collect all of these sorts of resources and you get them, like I said, from playing cards. Uh, one of the cards may be that uh, you, you you use your, your powers to draw an asteroid, uh, you know, a, a passing asteroid. You draw it into the atmosphere of Mars and it gets sucked down. It hits, it causes energy, and it heats up the core the core core temperature so you raise the temperature a little bit um, every time you do something like um, raising the core temperature or you raise the percentage atmosphere or you plant greenery uh, you place a, a tile you increase the amount of money or the terraform your terraforming rating which it during the game equals money at the end of the game equals victory points um, so it starts with it's your typical engine builder. You start with very little, and uh, you know the, the easiest thing for you to do is generate money. Um, and once you get into four or five turns of the game, you end up building more money, which then allows you to plow that money into maybe uh, resources for heat and energy. Um, so that in a couple of turns you now got a shitload of energy and a shitload of money. You can then take that money and stop focusing on energy and now focus into trees and build and and get it going that way. So you've got this entire engine that you're building. Um, you've also got these beautiful cards that are coming out. Um, so at the beginning of every turn, you draw four cards and you decide you have to pay three. Um, space bucks you have to pay three space bucks for each card that you have um, and then when you activate the cards you pay the cost that's on the cards as well but a lot of the cards have things that maybe tell you you can only do this once there are four greenery tiles on the board or you can only do this certain action when the core temperature is minus seven degrees or warmer or minus seven degrees or colder so there's conditions on certain cards so when you're buying a card and putting it into your hand you have to be thinking well how quickly am I going to get to you know the, the, the requirement that's there or is the requirement already passed or by the time I get to play the card is it going to be is it going to be too late because there's two people that are going to play their cards in front of me um, there is also quite a lot of take that in the game as well so you, there could be an element where you play a card and it allows you to build 
three pieces of of greenery for yourself, but at the same time steal energy from other players. So you've been working hard to, uh, to build your energy up to increase the core temperature of the planet, and I come and I play a card and I nick it from you. My energy now. Yeah. <laughs> you just cool so, down the planet. Fuck you. Well, but the other thing is the cool thing is that sometimes when you steal somebody's energy you don't gain it you're just stopping them oh so you're not even stealing it really you're just kind of like I'm siphoning it off into the the atmosphere yes yeah that's it it's getting you're taking it away and it's getting stuck into the pile back into the bank that's it (laughs) (laughs) so there is you know quite a bit of take that Um, but it's not it doesn't feel very cutthroat. Now, saying that, I haven't, I've yet to play it with a, a whole host of people. I've played, there's a solo mode, so I've played the solo mode. Solo mode is very good. Um, and also, when I was learning the game, I played a couple of two-player games. And again, it's one of these where you can play both sides because, uh, you know, there's so much going on and it's so much, it's related to what you have in your hand and what's on your board at that time. So, I don't know, Kieran, Ben, Paul as well, if you've ever tried to play a board game that requires two players and you've tried to play both sides, mm-hmm. there will come a time where you end up favouring one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You can't do that with this because, um, although, you know, it, it's not asymmetrical, but the, the cards that you have and the choices that you have are vastly different from each and both of, both of them, when you're looking at it, it's very, very easy to achieve what you need to achieve. It's just a different way of doing it. Um, the other thing that the game allows you to do is at the beginning, you choose a corporation that you are going to be. And that corporation will give you various benefits. So the benefits may be you start off with a shit, a shit ton of gold uh, or space bucks, or you might... Uh, you might gain bonus energy for certain things that happen or when you buy cards you pay less for them and you may pay less for them when you activate them or when you acquire them just depending on I think there's 10 different corporations that you can get Um, and it is it's just a very meaty game Um, it looks like a hell of a lot when you see playthroughs of it and when you just see it in the box but there is it, it's quite easy to learn and it's very easy to teach and there's just so much meat into it and if you love civilization and these it, it is almost like a 4x game except there's no uh, you know the, there's no extermination you're not killing anyone you're mm. not killing anything so there is this uh, you're exploring different uh, areas in the map because when you place a tile there are benefits not on all t- on, not on all spaces but in some of them so when you place a, a tile whether it be an ocean tile a city tile or something else when you place it the, you may gain a couple of steel uh, some titanium and you get to increase the temperature of the planet or you may just get uh, four pieces of greenery um, and but it's entirely up to you where you build um, and when you're expanding your your little empire as well, uh, you need to uh, when you're placing greenery, you can only place greenery as long as it's touching something that belongs to you. 
you know, so you're, you're building like a snake tail. Uh, yeah. But your cities, your two cities are not allowed to touch. Um, but your cities get bonus points for um, uh, every piece of, every green tile that surrounds them. So not only are you trying to snake a line out to get the benefits that you're after, but you're also trying to build your greenery and surround your cities as well. Yeah, so kind of this kind of city building element, all of it, kind of. Yeah, cool. yeah, it's really, really involved. Um, highly recommended, and it's. I can now see why it was one of the, you know, the bigger games of last year. Yeah. Now, when it came out last year, it came out at Essen, and it was a game that myself and Anne avoided purposely because. I didn't really tell Anne about it because of the theme. I knew she'd go crazy for it. It's the art style. It's uh, old science fiction. Uh, you know, the science fiction, science fact kind yeah. of way of illustrating things. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit of, you know, a 1940s fantasy, but trying to be as factual as possible. Yeah. Um, that kind of style. Yeah. And... I knew she'd go crazy for it, and I just kept her away from it because the, it sold out before we even got onto the floor at Essen. It was gone. Jeez. Uh, you could get German versions, you could go and see versions, but I didn't even. It was like, what's this Mars thing? Oh, it's rubbish. <laughs> Don't worry about it. <laughs> and then uh, that's the reprints just come in about two, two or three weeks ago. And I believe that most of them are selling it, uh, sold out as well. Most of the shops have sold out of their copies. That sounds about yeah. right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we definitely need to get a game day where that will be played as well. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. So, International uh, Tabletop Day is coming up soon, is it not? It is, yes. I, I think we are planning on doing something as well uh, uh, with uh, everyone that we play with as well. So we need to arrange that but yes. yeah definitely see if we can take that with us and uh, get a couple of games of that in yeah definitely yeah superb cool um but ben you got a kickstarter which i backed as well yes um, and so you tell us how you got on with five minute dungeon i probably backed it because you backed it first <laughs> right and i and right. i and I, I do this weird uh, stalking thing of you on kickstarter where nice. i get all the notifications when you back something Same. and it costs me a lot of money <laughs> i don't know it's the opposite for me every time i see them make his back something i'm like well i'm not gonna bother backing that because i'll just play it when he gets in that yeah that's fair enough but no five minute dungeon i couldn't i couldn't resist backing it i, I love the, the look of it the style of it um, and the fact that it is well see it says it's like a quick five minute game but there's so much tidying up afterwards <laughs> I, I don't know if you I don't know if you found yeah. that like, yes yeah, um, yeah so have you spoke about it at all on the podcast yet no we haven't no no right so oh no I tell a lie we, we did speak about it the yes but we did yes <laughs> so you've covered how, how to play it uh, yes, but yeah, get, um, just give us a, a quick right, run through. Quick, quick brief. There's there's a boss, and there's a whole bunch of door cards uh, that you sit on top of the boss's card, uh, and you have to go through the dungeon door by door, uh, beating each thing that's there to get to the boss to beat him, uh, and you you have to do it within five minutes. There's a timer app, or you can just use a clock, whatever. Um, so on each one of the door cards, there's a couple of a few symbols 
and you have your own deck of cards and depending on how many players are in the game depends on how many cards you have in your hand uh, but it's a cooperative game so you're all trying to beat the door cards and, and the whole dungeon uh, so the symbols come out and people have got to throw cards in that match those symbols to beat the door and then you move on so you're yep. obviously trying to do this as fast as possible to get through it within the five minutes as well so certainly the way we play it is you flip over a door card people throw their cards down whoever throws the last card down sweeps that way off to the side and then someone yes. else grabs another door card <laughs> so you end up with at the side of your table this massive pile of cards which is everybody's cards and all the door, door cards all mixed together so so you play See, the game we... for five minutes and then you've got to spend about <laughs> ten minutes sorting all the cards back out into the right piles again See, we were alright because uh, all the all the spell cards, you know, from the players' decks. Yeah, we just swept them one side. But what we were doing with the uh, with the door cards and the enemy cards oh. is we were just flipping them over and building a little pile. All right, okay, that's probably a better idea. Um, yeah, Rather which than playing it as fifty-two pick up the game. <laughs> yes, <laughs> essentially. Um. But I think it's I think it works really well. Um, I've played it two player a couple of times. Um, it, when the player cards, you've got classes. There's five different classes, uh, and in a two player game, you pick your class. So you've got your special ability and the, that their deck of cards. But you also take a second deck of cards uh, and mix them in. So you have quite a deck, quite a stack of cards to go through, uh, which again just adds to the pile that's there at the end of the game with only two of you to sort through them um, and, but I have played it three players as well and I would have said the first time I played it two players and then second time it was three player and I thought it worked a bit better uh-huh. and then the third time I went back to two player again and we got on a lot better that time round so I'm not sure I think it, I think it does work as a two player right uh, I, I need to play it with more than more than three, I think, just to see how. Have you managed to get more than two or three people around? Uh, no, I, I've played. Uh, I played a two-player game. Um, we played a couple of two-player games with it, and it seemed to be we were quite happy with that. Um, well, the one thing that I did try when I first got it was I. I did my usual, just ran through it, uh, just to get a rough idea of the game. I find it easier to explain mm. once I've seen it in action. Yeah. So, um, and that game does not play well with one player. You, no. um, I tried it uh, where I was controlling the two decks, and there's just there's too much there's too much card handling. Yeah, there's going a lot on. Of card handling yeah. Um, um, so I was I was playing it the other night with my brother, and he was playing as the thief. And right. their, speci- their special ability is burn three cards and you can draw five. Right. And there was a point at time where he had like 30 cards in his hand because he was just burning cards and drawing cards to try and find the one card that we didn't have in our hands yes. to beat this card that was on the table. <laughs> and I'm, sit- I'm sitting there because I've not got an ability at all. I think I was, I was the gladiator and I could, I could easily defeat a monster, but it was an obstacle. Right. I'm just sitting there going, I can't do anything. And he's burning cards, burning cards, burning cards. Builds up this hand, and he gets the—I uh, can't remember the name of the card, but the thief has got a steel card, and it's also got like a donate card, right? Which is yeah. Like, Give your hand to another player. So he's just like, here, have these thirty cards, 
<laughs> and I'll draw another five. Yes. <laughs> so it, it definitely got a bit ridiculous at that point. Um, but th- those those moments are 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 rare enough. Also, also the moments rare enough of when you just can't do anything. I've had it a couple of times where you're just completely stuck. Yes. There's no no one's got an ability to burn cards, and between us, we don't have the right the right card to advance. And it's just it, it unfortunately happened like within three doors. One time we played it. Oh wow! It was like third door in. We can't do anything. Shit. Right. That's unfortunate. <laughs> we we didn't get that. We we got into the the point where we did we because uh, I played as I think I played as the thief and and played as the the mage. And what we figured out was it's invaluable for the mage just to freeze time. He oh, yeah. discards three cards and freezes time every time, which yeah. means. Uh, he freezes time and the timer only starts when somebody plays a card which means you can draw all the cards that you need and you can look through them and discuss and things so we ended up where it was we, uh, she discarded three cards froze time, draw three cards have you got what you wanted? No I'm going to freeze time immediately as you start so I'd start the timer she'd discard the cards and I'd then <laughs> push the timer again um, but that felt you know that felt right it felt like you were playing the game um yeah. because there is no way um although the rule book the rule books don't say anything specifically towards it when we had a look the you can't the um you know just discard playing cards that have no effect against a monster yeah that would allow you to draw up cards but it just felt wrong it just felt like you were cheating the system yeah no absolutely and the, the uh, other th- the other thing though it's got is though the, the ca- a card play a card laid is a card played. So if there's two symbols on a yes. card, but you're having a three player game and all three people throw a card down, it's obviously too many, but it's wasted. But you just have to carry on. Yes, yeah, you can't say, "Oh, I'm going to take that back." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I quite like that as well. It quite often happens because there's some cards that have got uh, two symbols on them. So uh, one uh, one card comes out and it's got a sword and a scroll on it. And I've got a card that's got a sword and a scroll on it. So I go to play it, but someone else goes, I've got a scroll. And I've got, ah, I just wasted that card, never mind. Yeah, um, we, I think maybe the communication with, the, with three players will get more, I think that's when a lot more of your fun will come in. Yeah. Because we found it quite easy just to communicate with the two of us. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um, we are going to be playing that uh, this weekend. So we are meeting up with a friend of the show, uh, Tam. And uh, so Tam and his fiance are uh, our regular Time Stories mm-hmm. players that we play. So we're going to play our latest, the latest uh, in episode of Time Stories and we're also going to take some five minute damage and a couple of other things as well so uh, I'll let you know how we get on with a, a four player game of that yeah excellent um, I'm having my D&D night tomorrow night as well and I might put it put five minute dungeon on the table first if people get round to you early enough so yes cool nice. excellent so I have got one more board game that I played 
Um, yes. And this one is... Um, it's a game, it's called Clank. It's a dungeon crawl. But the... Uh, so it's played on a board and uh, it's a four-player game and everyone is an adventurer and they're going through into a... A set of caves. Uh, there's a dragon that lives in the caves, and the idea is to get in as quick as you can, get a, an artifact and as much loot as you can, and get back out. And you're trying to get back out unmolested by the dragon. Um, the every t- the you will make noise, and when you do make noise, you would let your presence known to the dragon. Um, and then when the dragon attacks, a uh, you're yeah the there's a, a um, <clears throat> excuse me there's an a, a chance that the dragon may attack you um because he of the noise you've made um the way this is all worked out is like i said it's played in a board the board has got uh, like a path where you can go so you can go from room to room uh sometimes to go from one room to another uh the general rule is you need one space of move uh, one resource of movement to do that um there are certain rooms that say you need uh, two move resources to move um the same with fighting um there'll be enemies that you need to fight or there'll be a tunnel and a tunnel's got a monster in it and to get through that that tunnel you can go through and take one point of damage or if you've got one uh, combat resource you get through unmolested because you've essentially fought your way through the monster um what else is there there is a clank so clank is the number is the amount of noise you make so whenever you get a clank resource, you put a little wooden cube in the center of the table. Um, and this pool of noise builds up because everyone's going to make noise. So this pool of clank is going to build up. Um, and then at one point, something happens where the dragon attacks. And when the dragon attacks, is you take all the noise, all the clank, and you put it into a bag. Now, the bag has got um, neutral tokens uh, little blocks in there as well so there's everyone's got their own type of blocks in there plus these neutral ones and you draw a certain amount of cubes out and if you draw a cube of your color out that's damage and it goes against a health track and i think you've got 10 or 12 health once you uh, and if you draw you know 10 cubes from the bag of your color that's it you're dead um and you don't get out of the dungeon uh, the dungeon uh, is split into two levels as an upper level and a lower level if you die in the upper level the villagers rescue you and you still make it out and you still get to score at the end of the game if you die when you're in the ton in the, the depths of the dungeon that's it you're knackered but you what happens is you you start a it's like a, a doomsday clock a countdown clock <laughs> and uh, so when it's your turn you obviously you're dead you can't do anything but you you move yourself along this doomsday clock and it, at each space of this countdown timer, you have to draw a certain amount of uh, cubes from the dragon bag. Um, so essentially what you're, you're helping towards killing off the rest of the people that are still in the dungeon. And so all of a sudden, if somebody hits the countdown clock, they try, they're trying to get out as quickly as possible. 
so the best way to describe the game is a cross between snakes and ladders, deep sea adventure, but instead of a dice that you're using to do all of this and get your resources, you're using deck building. Uh, I'm, I'm out, never mind. I was interested, but you've unsold me. <laughs> yeah, okay, so here's the thing. I we've I spoke a long time on one of the podcasts about the you know, this revelation that I don't like deck building games. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna go into again why I don't like them. Uh it's it just feels like I'm I feel like I'm a, a croupier in Las Vegas because all I seem to be doing is shuffling fucking cards. Um so I was speaking to uh, the guy that I know in my friendly local game shop and uh, they had I think we'd spoken about this before where uh, they do you know they they get sent the copies of damaged games yeah Um, and they had a copy of Clank they had a couple of copies of Clank and he said oh what about Clank have you seen it and I said yeah but I don't like deck building and he said, "Well, you should try it um, because it's the you know the deck building instead of being the main thing about the game, it's the it's the mechanic now. So it's and it is it's treating the the deck building like a set of dice. Mm-hmm. So I said, right, fair enough. It's uh, the the copy that I got had uh, it's got a big uh, the one corner of the box is ripped, but." Um, it's fine when you take the lid off um, the box has this this nice plastic insert so nothing got damaged at all and the insert actually keeps the box together so uh, apart from the you know the the lid damage yeah it's cosmetic damage there's a there's a rip on the on the seam of one of the corners of the box that's it and uh, for that I got the game for half price I paid 25 pound for the game that's awesome yeah, so yes. I thought, fair enough. Um, it's worth the the gamble. So I played the game last night. I went through the rules the night before, and I said to my wife, said to Anne, because Anne is the same. She, or she's worse than me. She hates deck building games. Um, she played with uh, some people. She played a deck building game. She's not a hundred percent sure what game it was. She thinks it's uh, Dominion, and she hated it. She absolutely hated it. So anytime I come near her with a deck building game, it's like no, no, get that, get it away. Except um, paperback. Except paperback. Everyone yeah, loves she paperback. Like, yes, yeah. Um, and she doesn't mind the the predator deck building game as well. Um, That's kind of a weird because that is kind of that is just a deck builder. Well. I like what it does in that it escalates uh, the cards move, and they have. At one point, they're, you know, they don't do anything, and then once they get to a certain point of the board and they shift down, and they can't, they actually do damage to you. Yeah. And what it does is it ramps up the tension. It creates this tension because there's certain cards that can stop the game immediately, but you don't know where they are because all the cards are face down. So you need to get resources to flip them. It's, it's different. Yeah. And I, I think that that's why it survived in the collection. Anyway, so, you know, I showed her the board. Uh, first, I explained that, that the premise of the game to her, and she was like, me, yeah, I'm willing to try it, no problem. So 
we played it last night and it is it's it's cool the board the way the treasures are out in the board so um the main artifacts are face up so you know exactly where they are so you can plan a route of where you want to go there are what they call minor secrets and major secrets so that's little pieces of treasure and loot the minor ones and uh, maybe something like a potion to help you survive or um, there may be strength potions that help you defeat monsters and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the major uh, secrets, they're more things like gold and uh, things to help you buy um, things. There's a shop as well, and the shop sells an extra, a backpack where you can take an extra artifact, or you can buy a skeleton key that unlocks a lot of doors and allows you to take shortcuts and things like that. So this dungeon is really well done. It does sound um, cool. Yeah, it does. It, it sounds really cool. So we we were very impressed with that, and we liked how we were moving and things. But once you got into it, you ended up with this set of cards, and you you know every deck builder, well, not every, but most deck builders are the same. It's you draw five cards, and then you play them out, and you you use what resources you can. Then you buy new cards. All of these cards, once they're used, go into your discard pile. You draw another five cards, and that's your turn, and it moves on to somebody else. Mm-hmm. We got into the the exact same thing. One of the things that I hate about deck building, we, we ended up doing it with this, and it was the same thing that we ended up doing in when we played Mystic Veil, Kieran. Yeah. It was. It ended up being a card shuffling exercise, and it was being solo and. I had the, my cards ready, and I said, right, I've got three movements, so I'm going to move here, here, and here. I'm going to buy this card from this pile with uh, my resources, put it in my discard pile, one, two, three, four, five, go. And we ended up, you're concentrating on the cards rather than what's happening on the board or what's happening. All player interaction was out, and it felt, again, like um, like a solo game. Yeah. And it, there was just other people playing along with you. That sucks. Yeah. yeah I, I get that there is a kind of... There must be at least some kind of market for that kind of stuff because a lot of board games end up that way. But People, I, people love deck builders. There's a lot of people that like them. Yeah, but it's not even just deck builders. There's lots of uh, resource management games and engine builders and stuff like that that are the same thing. You end up very solo focused and then at the end everyone counts up their points and you're like well I won um yeah but um take terraforming Mars or even Scythe okay yeah. those are engine builders oh yeah no, they're, very... they're definitely very good ones. I just mean there are bad examples of everything that doesn't right yes yeah this isn't a bad example though this is this is a bog standard um this is a deck builder you know that they, they all do this, and I think, um, I just think deck building is not for me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and I really wanted to like this, um, so I've been wrestling with what I've been thinking about it since we played it last night. And the reason that we played it was, I'd said to, I said, and we, I want to take this with us on on Saturday to play uh, after we've played some time stories but I need to see what you think and she was a lot less critical than I was um, but no I just I couldn't it's doing the thing that I don't like 
um, it just takes all interaction out of it. Um, yeah. And Mystic Veil, the one that I really, really wanted to like. Yeah, it's just got such we, a cool gimmick, but it's not. Yeah, and but at the end of the t- at the end of the time, um, I think Kieran at one point you. T- uh, when we played, you had your turn already done before before your turn came to you. That happened you had every- a couple of times, not to all of us really, because you. Cause- yeah, no, I'm. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. I I was just using you as an example, <laughs> but um, all of us had we'd had done we'd done our turn, so it was like, Kieran, you're up. All oh, right, okay, I'm just going to take that card because yeah. you'd already done the steps in your head. Yeah, and well, it's also because Mystic Veil's kind of twist to try and keep it more active so you're not just sitting watching people play a solo game every round was that you can count out your cards before... Yeah, the, you, the before, push your luck thing. Yeah, exactly. You can do that while everyone else is doing it. But the end result actually meant that you got around to the next player and the next player was like, oh no, I've already busted myself. I can't do it in this turn. And it's like, yeah. oh, okay, well, <laughs> great, yeah. I guess. Yeah, or it was, you know, you'd already looked out the card that you were going to buy and the the little crystal, the little tokens, and it was, oh, I've just put them there. Right, okay. And you were sliding the stuff towards you and saying, right, it's your turn. And there was, we'd done that a couple of times, and then it was like, oh, right, okay, we've used up the pool of uh, resources, game's over. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and... I wanted to like Clank, and I think it is. It's 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 okay, but it is. It's it's just a deck builder. I think I will play it again. Um, I think and would be up for playing it again. So maybe play it with a couple of more people to see if playing it with four people takes away that. Uh, you know, if it yeah. gives any interaction. I definitely would be able to try it. Yeah, I like the so, theme of it at least. the The theme is absolutely cracking, uh, and the artwork, the cards, the quality of everything is is great. It's just not, yeah. So, um, Ben, I don't know. Have you played any deck builders or? Um. Well. Arkham Horror. That it's not really deck. It's not really deck building, is it? No, no. You can build a de- you build your deck up in between. Yeah, stuff, yeah. You're building a you're building a deck of cards to use, but it's not the. It's more building a character, really, isn't it? Yeah, and it's not the you know the, the deck building like Dominion yeah. style. No, you're no. Start, you're starting. No, with I've a, I've yeah. not played anything like that at all. So. Oh right, so yeah. um, I it's it's something that I've. I would probably quite like to to play, but uh, I definitely it's probably something I need to play with you at some point. Yes, yeah. Um, well, I've got one that I think you would like, which is the the AEG's trains. Oh yes. Yeah. So you're building. Yes. You know, you've got all these different locomotives, and you're using the locomotive cards, and you're building uh, train tracks and train stations all through um, train stations in Japan. Yeah, I'm sold. Uh, <laughs> but that one did always look good. I never played that one. Yes, yeah. Um, because you had you had the trains, the planes, and the automobiles. Yes. So I don't think you the automobiles one you didn't like so much. 
I didn't like automobiles as much because it was it's a deck builder except it doesn't use a deck it uses little wooden cubes right so it, it uses but it's the exact same principle instead of cards right. it's little cubes uh, and trains was a deck builder I liked it because it had a board to interact with um, but it again it just becomes your shuffling cards as well mm-hmm. um, so I'd yeah I I think trains I'd put it down to I hadn't played it with the right with the correct people Maybe. and uh, yeah like I said I'd bought you know deck builder and then I bought another deck builder and it was always just a case of well maybe the theme isn't right or yeah. um, this is this is a single player game yeah uh, th- th- there's there's two that I think are quite good uh, the alien uh, not the alien one the predator, predator one, one yeah. and uh, Clank I think is quite good uh, and the judgment is still out on Mystic Veil but I think ultimately I'm probably going to try and see if somebody wants to swap me for some deck builders um, or you know I will try and sell them on because they're, I think they're just going to sit and gather dust unfortunately so Hello. but that is it for uh, what we've been playing um, so and I again as per usual we are waffled on uh, probably me, <laughs> me more than anyone else uh, have we got any news uh, I've got a handful of things. Uh, get through them relatively quickly. A uh, couple of game announcements. Uh, Cave Story Definitive Edition to come to the Switch in June. Oh, it's cool. Kind of out on pretty much everything else at this point already. But Cave Story is awesome, so that's a good thing. Um, Star Wars Battlefront Two. Uh, the teaser for that game, or that uh, the trailer for that game, leaked ahead yes. of time. I yeah. think by the time this podcast goes up, the trailer will be up legit as well. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I think they're going this to is... premiere at Star Wars Celebration. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is not the trailer yeah. you're looking for. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, <laughs> he's basically doing that right now where they're taking it down everywhere and be like, no, there's, there's no trailer. Don't tell me about <laughs> um, But yeah, it confirms there's going to be a proper first uh, single-player story mode. There's going to be pretty cool stuff in it because they show Darth Maul fighting Yoda. Yes. Uh, there's going to be new stuff. Force because... Awakens stuff. Hmm? There's going to be Force Awakens stuff as well. Yeah, Force Awakens stuff. Um, they're oh, doing well. DLC for The Last Jedi stuff. Oh, so nice. So there'll be a lot of stuff. Hopefully it should be a lot bigger than the first Battlefront because the one thing Battlefront 1 you know, didn't have going for it was... It content was, it, yeah it was definitely lacking in content it was yeah. definitely better if you bought the season pass and there's a decent amount of stuff on it now but you still had to buy a season pass for it base yeah. game still a bit you know weak it was a little bit cheeky yeah yeah um, but I'm looking forward to it I really enjoyed that first one uh, what else we got here uh, Gran Turismo Sport uh, there's going to be a uh, European beta that starts it will have started by the time this podcast goes up so it starts on Saturday uh, you can sign up for it now. I assume you can still sign up for it after it's up. I would assume so, unless they allocate so. all the spaces to it. Because yeah. I think it is, you know, you've got to apply for it. So yeah. they'll, they'll, pro- they'll probably roll out access to it over 
a period of time. Yeah, and there's like specific uh, time periods throughout the day that you can play at, simply because they're trying to stress test like servers and yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. That seems like a good thing, because that game has been in development forever, and I want it. It's, I, I bought a PS4 for Gran Turismo. <laughs> I, You're still oh. waiting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of assumed they would do a port of Gran Turismo 6 just because Gran Turismo 6 came out like after the PS4 was out. Yeah. It was like, well, see, I, I, I did the sign up for it just before we started recording and it asks you which Gran Turismo games you've played. And I was like, right, one, two. And then I was like, what other ones did I play? When were the other ones? I couldn't, I just couldn't remember when they were released because it's been that long. Yeah. It has been a long time. I played a lot of five. And I picked up six, but then got a PS4 and never touched my PS3 again. So yeah. I didn't play as much six as I wanted to. Well, I didn't uh, have a PS3, so I couldn't remember which ones were on the PS2. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I played one, two, and three, and a little bit of four. I think I'm. I think I'm the same as that. Four was on the PS2, right? Yeah. yeah. Five was. Five and six were the only PS3 ones. Yeah. And five yeah, came out like a couple of years into the PS3's life and then nothing yeah. until six. I, yeah. Yeah. I didn't play five, but I played the, what was it? The the kind of. The prologue? Oh, yeah. Prologue, that prologue, was it, yeah. Because there was also like, was it 3A spec as well? That sounds about right, yeah. 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 I had a prologue as well, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Six didn't. Six, they were just like, here's six. Go. Yeah. We kind of thought it out. Yeah, yeah, it happened overnight, didn't it? It was like, by the way, there's a Gran Turismo Six, and you can buy it tomorrow. Yeah, which seemed weird given you know five and the that's... absurd oh. development cycle that game had. Yeah, that's 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 Apple's marketing strategy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's a copy of Gran Turismo Six, and we have it in our pocket right now. Yeah, the other news we've got here is Uncharted The Lost Legacy is coming out 23rd of August. Yes. Uh, it also has a price. And it looks so good. It's going to be £30, and that oh, wow. sounds like it's going to be a real lengthy thing. Like, it's going to be a... Yeah, you you can, if you go on to the PlayStation Store at the moment, you can watch it. It's like a nine-minute video clip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done it. It looks so good. It looks great. Cool. Yeah. I'll play as Claudia Black. Why not? Right, don't uh, I? I'm. I finally got round to buying the collection, so I'm only halfway through two at the moment. So, don't spoil anything. I still think two is the best one. There's your spoilers. It's, it goes downhill. It's, after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I well, uh, I, I like four. I like four a lot. I think four is dirt cheap again in in the the Easter sale that's on. So. Yeah, four's might, definitely worth picking up. Yeah, I'll probably pick up. I'll probably pick up four if it's still on sale when I get paid in a week or two. So, yeah. and we'll see. Yeah, I've not got a news story for it, but yeah, there is also a massive sale going on on PlayStation Network. I think the Xbox One sale started this week as well. All right, I haven't checked that. Out. I should I actually. I haven't turned my Xbox One on for a while, so yeah. There was there was a bunch of project scorpio news coming out but i didn't i've not actually read any of it so yeah we uh, we discussed it last week but it's we don't usually talk about specs too much because mm. they don't really mean much no but yeah we talked about it about last week it seems cool it seems like a playstation 4 pro but xbox 
That's all the news I've got. Um, I have I've got two things in, on the board game front. Cool. Um, and they're, they're Kickstarter related as well. So um, the first one is that uh, game we mentioned briefly when I was talking about deck builders, uh, Paperback, is getting a a prequel. Yes. Yeah. So and an not expansion. a sequel. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So um, hardback the prequel, as in. Before uh, yes, and yes. Quill, yes. Yeah. Um, the prequel to Paperback is currently on Kickstarter. Um, it's doing very well. It has been funded so far. It's got 13 days to go, and it is currently sitting at $151,000 of the $20,000 that it needed. So yeah. it's do- doing well. Um, they are talking about a... like. Kieran said a, an expansion to paperback as well um, and uh, Tim Fowers is he's not 100% sure what it's going to be but he may be looking at adding something that may allow the two games to be combined as well cool uh, that'd be kind of weird because it does seem like they're very different yes yeah, yeah I'm looking so... forward to that sequel or prequel because it looks like same basic mechanics but then they change up a lot of stuff it seems awesome yeah so there is currently there is one expansion uh, sorry there's two expansions that have been locked unlocked is stretch goals there is a third one that is a uh, on the cards uh, once they ha- once they hit 150 oh they just have hit the 150,000 <laughs> so there's three that's been unlocked um, the information hadn't been updated I'm just reading it live so there is three expansions been unlocked and there'll probably be a, a host a couple more stretch goals uh, before the Kickstarter's finished. Yeah. Um, the other Kickstarter that is currently live is one I was waiting for, which is the second printing of Gloomhaven. Yes. So Gloomhaven is definitely counting its second printing. It will be finished and shipped out to people <clears throat> Excuse me. by August. And uh, currently it has raised... 1.9 million of the 100,000 that it was looking for. And it still has 19 days left to go. That is a crap load of money. It is, yes. Um, it's When you look at some Kickstarters, it's not as much. Um, Rising Sun that just finished, for example, did 4.2 million. Uh, I think Gloomhaven it might do a little bit more, but it's a very... It's quite a niche game. It's a it's a dungeon cro- it's dungeons and dragons in card form and it's it's got a map and it's legacy as well uh, and a lot of people are still against legacy for some of the funny reason um, the game has over 90 scenarios uh, that can be played um, and people are still going oh I don't want to buy it because it's legacy I can only do everything oh, once I want to do these 90 scenarios once yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I wouldn't it, get through them the first time. Exactly, yeah. Um, but um, the all credit to uh, the guy, uh, Isaac Childress, um, because he has worked together with a company and they are making vinyl stickers that can be peeled off the board easily. That's so cool. he, he gave them all the resources uh, and they are printing these things so far an extra, I think it's 10... 10 UK pounds 
and it's fifteen dollars, and then there'll be some shipping involved because it's a UK company. Um, they you can buy these stickers, and then stick them on and off. I, but people are still complaining. <laughs> the legacy is such a thing; it is very divisive at the moment. You know, people either like it or they don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it the game's over ninety fucking hours long, and you're complaining. It's, <laughs> I've not uh, even finished Pandemic Legacy like, so yet. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I've not even started Time Story yet. Oh wow! But yeah, um, so that is where Gloomhaven is sitting at the moment. Twenty days left and one point nine million dollars in the Kickstarter. Uh, any of you guys planning on backing it, or are you nope. just going to play the occasional game with uh, with me? I'm just going to merch off you. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. This is my yeah, I'm going to merch. I'm going to merch off you. I, I should actually start charging everyone. <laughs> you should all you know start what? chipping in for these things. Yeah. Yeah. That's what. Okay. That's what we should do. We a should just of create pounds. a glitch-free gaming Kickstarter or game page fund, and have a fund, and back things with that. We we could have a Kickstarter. Yeah. And really, well, we could have a Kickstarter. Yeah. Yeah. We we. Have, we start a Kickstarter so that we can have money to back Kickstarters. I mean, everyone else that Since covers board what? games is doing it these days, so... Yeah. There's, like, what, two of them up just now? So <laughs> yes. We may as well <laughs> join in, try and ride their coattails. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was it for... I didn't know... I don't think there was anything else I wanted to mention in news, but, yeah. yeah. Anyone else? No, no. Cool. So, quickly, in that case, I'll just run through what we've got for um, new releases. So, looking at stuff that will be coming out for weekending the 21st of April. So, Friday, 21st of April. On the 18th of April, coming out for PC, PS4, and Xbox One, is the Disney Afternoon Collection from Capcom. Yeah, what the heck is this? Right, so it's a collection of... Four games, is it? I think it's Chippendale's Adventures. It's Chippendale, Chippendale 2, uh, DuckTales, DuckTales 2, Darkwing Duck. That may be actually, maybe five. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, it's just old any as NES games, I think they are, right? Yeah, they're NES games. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, I loved Chippendale, the first Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I yeah. played that. Um, I played it with the two characters, um, but I played it myself. So I had the two controllers side by side, and I spent most of the game running through it, carrying the other character. I would carry the one that had the least amount of health, and use him as a meat shield, <laughs> <laughs> and throw him. Um, and yeah, I ended up completing that game. Uh, which back in the NES days was uh, for a game, you know, those types of games. It was, I, I think it was, n- it was no mean feat, you know. Even people that finished Mega Man and things, hmm. uh, utmost respect, because there was no, there was no save, save yeah. files. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, uh, coming out that week, so we're now looking at stuff coming out on the twenty Friday the 21st itself. We've got ATV Renegades coming out to the PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, Jesus, they're just cranking out those games now, the, the ATV games. Yeah. Uh, but it's not ATV versus motocross, which <laughs> they're obviously taking a break from that one. Um, 
Uh, Paradox Interactive, uh, Ben's friends, are <laughs> they're yes. bringing out a uh, City Skylines. Yes. Yes. One. Yes. 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 We, we, <laughs> we may need to game. sedate Ben. I was, I was, I was hoping to get. I was hoping it was coming out this week because that is all I would have been playing while right. I'm off work <laughs> with nobody here. I would have been sitting, building cities on my Xbox One, reclined on the couch. Oh, that's so good. Oh, um, it really is. You can funnel the poop into your drinking supplies. So, <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's such a good game. Really Any game is. that lets you put poop in your water supply is a good game. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of poop and drinking water supplies, um, the Fire Fades edition of Dark Souls 3 is coming out to PS4, PC, and Xbox One. I don't know what the link is there. But it was, uh, I was, it made sense in your head. Yeah, yeah. Terrible. But, <laughs> uh, also, we have... Now, this one I think has already been out, which is Siberia 3, but clearly not. If the... Uh, my information saying it's coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox One. I thought that game was already out. No. Uh, no. That comes out. Yeah. This is a new game that's out soon. Ah, right. Cool. Week. And then finally, uh, last game that I have on the list from NIS America. So that means it is going to be as strange as hell. And that is the Silver Case coming to PS4. The Silver Case is one that you should look at because this is one of Suda51's first games. Oh, right. You know, the, the man who brought you, you know, fucking No More Heroes and uh, Killer is Dead and Lollipop yes. Chainsaw and Shadows of the Damned. Uh, this is one of his first games or one of his earliest games that were kind of his like when he started Grasshopper uh, Studios and it's, I think it's a visual novel I've heard that it's really weird which I guess would be expected from a Suda51 game but yes. yeah this is the first time it's came out in English I want to say um, I don't think it's ever came out here before so it's cool that it's coming yeah um, yeah so that will be quite interesting I'm not too sure how much it's going to be when it gets here yeah I don't know um, but it's uh, I think it's a digital release as well I'm not too sure if it's getting a, a physical release so that'd be quite cool um, apart from that that is it yeah it is that Wonder cool. Boy remake is coming out on Switch that's the only other thing I can think of that's coming out Ah, I I might buy that because it looks very pretty. Cool. So, uh, if that is it, the only thing left to do is tell people that if you want to send us an email, you can send us an email to podcast at glitchfreegaming dot com. You can follow us on Twitter uh, by finding us at glitchfreegame, or you can just search for glitchfreegaming on Facebook to find the Facebook group. Uh, we post when new episodes of the podcast go up and there is also links to whatever new goodies Ben has got cooking on the website as well and of course don't forget to go to glitchfreegaming.com where Ben is putting said goodies yes. live mm -hmm. on the website yep 
cool. Uh, any final thoughts or anything we've forgotten you want to plug or? No. Nope. No. Nope. No. Nothing. nothing. Uh, well, uh, Ben, thank you very much for coming on and talking nonsense with us. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Uh, it was a pleasure, and uh, look forward to playing some board games with you again soon. Yes. Yep. We will. We will do that. Um, uh, yeah. Play lots of board games. That was the one thing I was going to say. I was listening to a not a rival podcast because the the guys are awesome. Um, the guys at Daft Souls. Um, and it was, I think it was an episode that was two episodes old. And a uh, Quinton Smith was talking about something that I think we've mentioned before, and I've said, I know I have, is he, he's kind of in a rut when it comes to video games at the moment. And he's playing more board games, and he's just, mm-hmm. you know, he, I put it down to, you know, I was cooped up in the house for so long and I got fed up. And he's like, no, he's just. He's flat out saying, "No, I, I'm just. I've had enough." Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's too much of the same, and it happens. And these rut, you know, these ruts and the, the highs and lows happen. And he's just in a low. And I thought, wow, that that's quite spooky because I'm in a low, and it's the same as him. It's been carrying on for a, quite a while, and I'm waiting for the dip to come and take it back up. Or maybe I should just stop buying board games. Yeah, that's it. You just, you know. <laughs> Start buying video games. Even if you don't think you're gonna play them, just buy them. That's why I do. Just, just buy them. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, you have seen my house. I, I have enough as it is with the board games, and just adding more video games to that is. This uh... thing is too much. It's suicide because one of those shelves will collapse in on top of them. I do expect someday <laughs> to be like that episode of The Simpsons where. Principal Skinner gets trapped underneath all the newspaper for ages. It's just Mike trapped under board games. <laughs> <laughs> Crushed to death by meeples. <laughs> well, I, I think on that note, uh, the only thing left to do then is thank everyone for listening and we will see you all again uh, next week. So, until then, Goodbye. buy me a sandwich. Bye. Bye.